Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm in uh, Seattle at ElixirConf right now, soaking in the beautiful weather out here. Yeah, life is good. I spent yesterday kind of just exploring around Seattle, hitting up my some of my favorite spots, doing some thinking, uh, getting some work done. So all in all, so far, it's a good trip. Nice. How is the conference? The conference is good. It's uh, It just kicked off this morning. Jose Valim did his usual keynote to kick things off and gave an overview of what's been happening in the last year in the Elixir world and kind of what's what's to come. And I've I felt good after that keynote because it it sort of felt very similar to what I hear from the Elm community. You know, the last release was a relatively minor release and it was just sort of incremental improvements on kind of the existing core of the language and his philosophy is like, you know, the, the language is nearly complete. And so this is what you should expect is just very small incremental improvements. Uh, he talked about how releases is the last big thing that's probably going to make it into the Elixir standard core. And then everything else will probably live in kind of the package realm uh, for users to contribute. And then he kind of talked about his criteria for how things get into the language. And it just all in all seemed very thoughtful and kind of similar to the way that you know Evan thinks about Elm development. These days, I'm just getting more and more comfortable with stability as opposed to kind of what you see in the JavaScript realm of constant, you know, churn and new stuff happening all the time. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting that these languages, which are substantially newer than a lot of their competitors, are embracing stability. Yeah, you have to show a lot of restraint, I think, to not want to just try to solve every problem. And I think, you know, Elixir knows it's what it's good at, you know, and, and that's proved out well with the Erlang um, underpinnings. And we know what's good and and they i think jose and the team kind of believe in having a relatively small core as opposed to this massive expansive standard library so yeah kudos to them cool did you have you been to a rubyconf recently or like past rubyconfs um i think the only rubyconf i've been to is gogoruko a few years back i think you were actually speaking at that one by the way <laughs> giving a refactoring talk or something um i believe it yeah are you feeling any differences between the communities? There's definitely a shared appreciation for the things that Elixir brings to the table. And I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of Rubyists or former Rubyists who have kind of come into the Elixir community from what I've seen, uh, because that's sort of how it got started. You know, Jose was a big uh, Ruby contributor. It's a lot of people who are sort of looking for something with a bit more performance baked in and kind of value similar things are ones who tend to kind of gravitate towards the Elixir community. But it seems like a, a very healthy community too, which I think is well influenced by the Ruby world. You know, everyone's kind of, you know, open to helping each other and contributing things to the into the package ecosystem. So it reminds me a lot of the Ruby community, but it seems like it is a bit smaller right now. And even though the conference is big, I feel like there's, I feel like there's over 500 people here. For me, it's a bit daunting, like dealing with a conference of that scale and figuring out, you know, how to talk to all the people that I want to talk to and stuff. It's a little bit tricky. Yeah. What What are your goals for being there? Uh, I just really want to make more connections with people in the Elixir community. And, you know, my hope for Level is that it can be a good, like, use case example of, you know, full scale production 
Elixir applications because I think a lot of those are probably behind closed doors in proprietary code bases. So I was talking to to someone who went to the um, workshop ahead of the conference on GraphQL from the the guys who created the uh, AppSynth library in Elixir, and he told me he was kind of showing them the level code base after the uh, workshop, and they were uh, they were pretty happy to see that. I don't think they were aware of it actually um, yet, but. They're like, wow, this is awesome! Like that, there's this kind of full scale example that's kind of out in the open. So, you know, making those types of connections and just letting people kind of know what I'm up to, and then absorbing other people's knowledge. I kind of have a a checklist of things that I would like to get more clarity on, like how to deploy this into production without taking on a huge DevOps burden. Myself is probably one of my number one things. And this is sort of something that's in flux, um, is like how to do deployments well and you know what's kind of the standard path for doing it. You can't just push this to Heroku? <laughs> well, I can and I am right now. But um, one of the drawbacks with that is it's kind of not the standard path for deploying Erlang code. So normally with a Erlang code base, you can do things like hot swapping in new code while the processes are still running. And that gets you some benefits, like any state that you're storing uh, gets retained. And I think a lot of you know, Elixir and Erlang applications make use of in-memory storage as opposed to pushing stuff into something like Redis. Like for an application like Level, there's going to be a lot of open WebSocket connections, for example, from, from all the clients, and you don't want those constantly dropping and reconnecting every time you deploy. So to, to really like make use of that property of it and not have to split like WebSockets into a separate application that's deployed less frequently or something, you kind of have to go with more traditional uh, Erlang deploys, and that's just not an option on Heroku right now. Um, there are some other platforms, I think, that I already was talking to someone today, and you know he mentioned the name of a company I hadn't heard of yet, so definitely going to check them out. But yeah, just kind of stuff like that, I think, um, is my, are my biggest, uh, biggest goals here. Nice. It seems like a really nice sort of guerrilla marketing opportunity. Like like you said, if you could be one of the notable open source apps that people learn from and hold up as an example, that's pretty great for you. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of power in just making like a face-to-face connection with with various people. Like a couple of weeks ago, Richard Feldman happened to be in town from the Elm community. He was recording something with Frontend Masters. And I just happened to notice a tweet where he was talking about being in the... Um, MSP airport or something. And I was like, hey, you in town? And we met up for lunch. And that was like, great. And I, you know, I think I've been following him for a while online, watching talks and stuff, but he didn't really know who I was. And I'm just, you know, another person on the internet. But making a personal connection like that just is much better, I think, than just purely having virtual connections with people. Totally. Yeah. No, that, that's great. And you never know how it's going to be useful. And even if it's not useful, it's just pleasant. It's nice to interact right. with humans for real. Yep. Turns out he's as good a guy as he seems in his uh, YouTube videos of conference talks. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not too shocking. Yeah. I noticed you've been keeping up your dev journal. That's cool. I have, yeah. So that's been that's been going well to catch people up. I think I talked about it a little bit last time, but um, I've been wanting to continue chronicling more stories about the day-to-day building process um, in addition to what I'm doing here on the podcast. I would go days without doing any kind of quote-unquote marketing activity and feeling a little bit guilty about that. So I think just kind of looked around like what what's some other 
byproducts of what I'm doing day to day can I be putting out there into the world. And so started doing this journal. It's not quite daily, but almost daily, kind of summarizing what I worked on. And some of it, you know, may end up being mundane, but I'm just sort of brain dumping at the end of the day. And it's not taking too much time, which was my goal. You know, I didn't want this to be another project where I would end up trying to be a perfectionist about it and spending, you know, hours writing and editing. Like I'm really just dropping it into the editor. And I throw it in Grammarly just to like double check that I'm not you know, having horrible grammar and then, <laughs> and then, uh, throwing it up there. And, uh, so far it's like, it's good. I end up going with, um, the subtle platform, which, um, has, I feel like just the right amount of reader engagement. Like I don't want another comment feed to check in on and worry about why have there been no comments or maybe there's discussion going on that's, negative or just something that's drawing me into wanting to respond to stuff. Like I don't need another distraction. So this just has like a kudos button where people can just kind of thumbs up whatever they read. And I feel like that's a good balance of making sure, like letting me know I'm not just talking to a vacuum, but also like not having to deal with totally you know, too yeah. much distraction. And it looks nice. It's, the design is great. Yeah. And it's not medium. It's very minimalist and, and <laughs> not medium, no paywalls. Pardon the interruption. <laughs> yeah. And you're paying for it, so it'll stick around. Yep. Yeah, I think it's six bucks a month, and they have this pledge to say, like, even if you, you know, were to stop paying, we will just, you know, plan to keep your content up um, forever. And so it's just, yeah, seems like a good, solid approach for that company. Yeah. It's pretty legit. Am I, am I misreading their pricing here? It's six dollars a month or seventy a year. That makes sense. It's cheaper. Does that makes yeah, just a slight, sm- slight discount. Very slight discount. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's nice that you have like a accountability thing just for your day to day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's marketing. It, it's accountability. It's probably helping you summarize your thoughts. That's got a bunch of different benefits from that. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's like just just enough where I know like okay, so what am I going to work on today? And I'm already thinking about like what would be something good to like summarize at the end of today and i don't know it just helps me focus because i know if i spend five hours refactoring something it doesn't really matter then i'm not gonna have much interesting to say and i really should be moving the ball forward every day so yeah totally every time i see you tweet a link to the post and it says level journal i always think it's live journal (laughs) someone else mentioned that too that's an interesting choice (laughs) you've made in platforms (laughs) yeah oh one other note too on that just a, a technical note. Subtle has like this beta option to enable SSL on the site for custom domains. But um, they're like, if you want this turned on, email us and let us know. And I sent them an email, but haven't heard anything back yet. I'm not sure. I don't know if this is like a very open beta or if it's a very narrow beta or whatever. So I was like, shoot, I really would like this not to appear as not secure. And like, it's just nice to have it on uh, SSL. And then I noticed someone else... Um, TJ Miller, I think, had uh, his custom domain on Subtle uh, under SSL. So I was like, how did you do that? And turns out he's using Cloudflare for his DNS. And they will automatically, like for free as part of your account, be like the SSL termination um, spot so that you can just, for any domain, have basically free SSL turned on at the DNS level. So I didn't even have to get them to, to toggle it on. So that was cool. Is Google doing the same thing on the .app domains? 
the .app domains are required to be SSL, but they won't do the SSL for you, I don't think. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure if you actually bought it through them and had them host your DNS. Maybe they would. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I know it's definitely required. Joel set that up, not me. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't actually, I don't actually know how we're how we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to cover? Or should I start talking? I think that's about it for me. There's one one other thing that um, sort of an interesting. I'm I'm been dipping into kind of newer web platform stuff, and it's been a fun experience. So I built a custom element for level um, for like injecting some custom HTML into my Elm virtual DOM. And so that was like learning a whole new set of APIs. And then I'm just starting to work on kind of the infrastructure for allowing level to send push notifications that involves like service workers and all that jazz. So I'll report more uh, in the future about this stuff. But it's kind of interesting running into areas of web technology that I've so far not touched yet. Yeah, totally. And it's crazy how much more there is every time you look and like how many browsers right. support it. Right. There always could be more browser support, but in general, this is a really good time to be building web apps compared to say, you know, even three or four years ago where a lot of this stuff you can't really polyfill. You have to have native support for it or else it's just like not really an option. Um, so I f- sort of feel like yeah, grateful that I don't have to say like only works in Chrome or something like that. It's like a lot of these kind of really core pieces are now pretty ubiquitous. So. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, it was nice when I was implementing uh, Action Cable stuff to like really dive into WebSockets a little bit more because I had a rough idea of what they were, but I've ne- like until you've actually worked with it and clicked around and built some stuff, like you really don't grok it. So it was nice to have a, a legit excuse to dive into fun new tech. Totally, totally. Yep, yeah. Cool. The first note on my uh, podcast notes is ups and downs, exclamation point. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why people say startups are so easy because my experience, there uh, there's some ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So it was just like an interesting week. So Monday was a holiday or like the national holiday. But it was funny. I was talking to a friend and he's like, are you taking Monday off? And I was like, yeah, sort of. It's like, I will continue to get paid the same amount on Monday. <laughs> that I did on all the other days, which is nothing. So I could not work or I could work and try to make a thing that pays me things. So I did a little bit of work on Monday. And just that alone kind of made me feel like a boss, honestly, where it's just like, yeah, other people are, are enjoying the, the day. And I did some of that too. But also like, I just, it felt good to get a little productivity. It actually felt like bonus work somehow. I felt like extra, like virtuous. I was like, oh, this work wouldn't get done normally or something. And so it was that felt really good. I I experienced the same exact phenomenon and I don't know what it is but like if I like sometimes I'll just have like a free evening where like I don't have anything planned and maybe my wife's like doing something else so I'm just like sitting at home and I like crack open the laptop and start like you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to implement push notifications tonight. Something about it just feels extra good even though it's really just using time like any other time I work. But yeah. still, I also had, you know. yeah, I also had this impulse where I was like, I want to do something that I wouldn't normally do. Like I want to work on something that's like a little bit outside than, and it's maybe like, maybe not the highest priority, but will be satisfying to work on. That, I don't know if that happened to you when you were, you were doing it, but that, that ran through my head. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So yeah, so Monday was like, great. And I was like, oh man, we're killing it. This is going so well. And then Tuesday morning, I was planning to pair with Spencer using the app. 
using tuple and i was like oh man, this is gonna be great we're gonna be dog fooding it and like a bunch of stuff was just broken we had like merged some prs and it broke some things and so i was like i can't see your screen and like now i can't hear you and or you can hear me but it's just like just a bunch of little things and it was like very demoralizing <laughs> um <laughs> and so that was like damn yeah. after that really good monday then there was some other like personal stuff that came up and so i was like the three of us were kind of like knocked out of productivity for tuesday and it's just like ah oh, that's such a that's such a bummer and then Wednesday, we had this like really great, productive, wide-ranging exploration of different latency reduction techniques and protocols. And we were printing papers and reading them. And like, it was just such a, such a good day. And so like, the, the highs and lows have just been kind of crazy. The stuff that creeps in on those low days where it's like, oh man, is this ever going to work? Like, how much money am I spending this month again to like continue to work on this thing? And like, man, I'm burning through the savings every day. I'm working on this. And it's just like, it's, it's crazy. The, the automatic thoughts that are like sneaking when I'm not having a good day. Yeah, totally. And I, I can especially like resonate with the kind of the feeling of trying to actually use the product with more than just like yourself in a testing environment. Like, because it's good to like feel good about small wins and like, oh, I've tuned the latency of this one particular scenario by this much. Like that is a win and you feel really good about that. But then like getting to that higher level and maybe experiencing rough spots can then be really difficult. Like I, I just tried using level with, um, with a friend and I was just literally just like sent a link like here, just log into this thing and let's just chat back and forth on, on this message thread. There's like known usability issues like knowing how to expand a a post into like a full page view is not straightforward at all and it's on my list to like i need to add some kind of indication of where you can do this thing but i've just been so used to always clicking the top of the post and that gets you there and like just all those things being totally obvious are like how do i get to that screen i'm like go to your inbox yeah where's that it's not there oh you have to refresh the page right now oh okay you know and everything just seemed rough and i was like oh boy i have a lot of work to do yeah totally even though when you're just like using it with yourself, you know all the paths and how to do everything and everything's feeling like it's good. Yeah. So. Yep. No product survives first contact with the user, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah the, the good news is we fixed all that stuff. The app is really getting there, which is cool. It still feels like there's a lot to do, but we do keep chipping away at it. And that was what I had to keep telling myself on Tuesday, which is like, okay, when I sit back and think about like where we are versus like a week or two ago, we are making forward progress. So, so, and that's like one of those things I have to counter. Like when it's going poorly, it feels like we're not going anywhere because I guess I'm seeing all the stuff that's yet to be done or the stuff that doesn't quite work, but we're moving forward. So like there's keyboard support just got merged. So you can, you can type now on the remote machine, which is awesome we support everything except for command tab command tab is a little fiddly it has its own complexities but like all the keystrokes are getting across the wire which is awesome mouse is kind of there you have your own mouse you can swipe it around you can left click you can scroll there's like stuff like dragging and right clicking are still to tbd and whatnot but like you can pair now like it's kind of an app it's becoming an app at a rapid pace was there a moment when when this stuff clicked in where you're like this is actually working. Like, did that happen this week for you? Yeah, I actually had a hilarious moment where, so I was working on the app and I set up like a debugger and I was like, okay, I need to call. I need to like initiate a call so I can hit this breakpoint and like check some values. And so I fired up the app and I saw Spencer's name and uh, I clicked it and I hit call. And then a couple seconds later, Spencer's like, hey dude, what's up? And I was like, oh, sorry, man. I forgot that this is a working app that actually does things and calls people. I didn't mean to call you for real. And it was just like, oh yeah, like it's a thing now. 
and like Spencer's on his online. side. He you must know. have he must have been like, oh, I'm getting an incoming call on Tuple. Yeah, very nice. And like you know, like, like Spencer being on my friends list means he was actually online and like he like <laughs> answered the call because he got an incoming notification. It was like, and I was like, wow, this is okay, cool. That's that was just like a, a really awesome moment for me. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Got to yeah. cherish those moments. Totally. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things I'm learning is like enjoy the good mm-hmm. stuff because there's always you know some bad stuff there too, and those you need the good to help you get through the bad, I guess. Yeah. Yesterday, we got a handle on, we have a lead, we have some clues on some performance stuff, some latency stuff that is very promising. And I think I'm going to be like a little hush-hush on some of the specifics on this stuff. We have a lead on something that's like, ooh, this is better than a lot of the other things we've seen out there. We might be able to get numbers that other people are would have trouble getting to. That's sort of a strong way of saying it, but let's, it's just, there's a, we have some good leads. So we're, we're tracking down some promising things. Was this, uh, without giving away you know, important details, was this something that you guys discovered on your own from your own research, or did you get, did you get some input from out, someone outside who pointed you in the right direction? Or? Um, there exists some prior work on this subject that is proving useful towards us. So that's, that's cool, too. So it's like, okay, the, the keyboard's working, the mouse is mostly working. Those two things are, are both getting there. The latency is acceptable right now, but we have some some promising leads there. Um, next week we're going on retreat again. We'll be doing another one of those like hardcore focus weeks. So I'm feeling pretty good. I think I think at the end of next week we could be in like a pretty good spot, hopefully. So like this has been us testing it. Although tonight Spencer is pairing with a friend of his using like the the, the alpha 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 of the app. So that's cool. I'm sure there'll be a lot of things that come out of that. We've basically been only using this on like a local network and on, you know, the latest OS and super fast MacBooks. And so like, there's just like a lot of variables that we have not even started to mess around with. So I suspect the iceberg is, uh, as usual, a lot below the water. You know, at least the top looks good. Well, let me know when you want to uh, pair with me on uh, some level stuff. And mm. uh, I'll, yeah, I'll be happy to alpha test for you. Yeah, totally. That would be cool. We're, get, we're getting to that point. We're even like hooking up our like um, releasing and distribution stuff. Um, it's like allow people to actually like here's the finished app and here's how you install it and like we have a build script and a, like a release script that bumps the versions and all this stuff. So like all the little pieces are starting to get there. Mm-hmm. So cool. it feels it feels good. I don't think you've talked about like dates yet on the next step for your beta testing or whatever. But like, does this give you at least more clarity on when when you might be able to go to that next step? Yeah, I mean, every t- every bit we get closer lowers the uncertainty of the re- the the remainder. I think I still would definitely not commit to a date yet, but we have some internal goals and like we're looking pretty good to be on track for those. Yeah, I'm looking forward to be able to commit to a date or like have. I think there's going to be like a pre-alpha alpha where it's like, all right, Spencer uses it with one friend and I use it with one friend and like you know we just like a trusted person. Like maybe you and I will do will do a little something to get like the the friendliest kind of audience. And then move forward from there. See what falls falls apart. Yeah, nice. So yeah, I think that's it for me. I think that's it for me as well. So I'm right now recording at uh, just after lunch here at the conference, and about to head back into some more sessions. So nice. We'll enjoy. Yeah. Cool. And by the way, it's been uh, we haven't done it in a long time, so I thought we would maybe just plug Podcast Motor real quick. Oh yeah, Podcast yeah. Motor does all the editing and production and posting and all that show notes for for our show, and they do a good job, and they should get some cred. So there you go. Yeah, totally. They they make it super easy, especially since we are so busy with our startups. I think I feel especially happy that we can just jump on, record this, 
save the file into Dropbox, and the next week a podcast comes out. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, yep, that is pretty service. handy. Yep. Yeah. So check them out if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. Fully managed podcast experience. And please do still leave us a five star review in iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps our. Or six, if you can. Or six, or however many they'll let you yeah. add. Um, it, if you can inspect the form and override some variables and submit that. And, I trust all of you out there to to figure out how to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it helps a lot for, for ranking and such. And uh, you know, obviously, we want to grow our audience here as much as possible. So thank you in advance. Yeah. yeah. And if all those kind people wanted to access the show notes for this episode, they could find them at artofproductpodcast.com. Awesome. I'll talk to you later. All right. See you, man. Bye.